Traditional Chinese medicine is an ancient practice making waves in the modern health era, addressing mind, body and soul as one unit TCM aims to connect the human with the being on multiple levels. Health shouldn't be elusive or inaccessible, a notion that this ancient practice adheres to. Our products at Your Tea are merely a stepping stone to this brilliant wellness modality. Hence, we are here to honour and discover the intricacies of revered traditional Chinese medicine. In our podcast, we discuss the Chinese medicine approach and interpretation of health what it means, and how TCM endeavours to achieve it. From endometriosis to digestion, qi to shen, PCOS to menopause, eating to movement, and mind to soul. In traditional Chinese medicine, there are considered to be numerous external causes of disharmony that relate to climatic conditions. They are known as the pathogenic factors. Today's episode is an introduction to these pathogenic factors, as we discuss one that you may be all too familiar with, damp. You may have heard us mention this factor previously, or perhaps you were hearing about it for the first time. If you're not digesting food well, and therefore experiencing symptoms such as mucus, inflammation, cellulite, and brain fog, dampness may be your worst enemy. Either way, the knowledge shared by TCM Dr. Lee Smith throughout this episode is sure to be helpful in identifying whether one has damp causing disharmony in the body. Tune in to learn more about the characteristics of damp, how one may attain it through lifestyle factors, and how one may feel when affected by it. How is damp viewed from a Chinese medicine perspective? Damp is, just like it says, something wet and moist. And often, depending where the wetness and moistness grows, uh, will create the condition of either cold damp or damp heat. So dampness comes in many forms in Chinese medicine, and it is just to explain the inherent quality of the disease. So dampness might be if you overeat food and then you don't digest it well and what's not digested well is considered dampness or toxic debris and by not being digested well uh, it causes irritation in the intestinal lining which then leads to production of mucus um, as an inflammatory response and then that is the common sign that we say for a obvious dampness is mucus in the nose, mucus in the lungs. But however, dampness can occur on our skin um, by foreign microbes attaching to us uh, in that wet and moist environment. So whether it's a cold dampness, it's bacteria coming from a cold environment, lodging onto our skin uh, and creating that damp environment while they kind of self-replicate and keep that dampness on our skin. Um, so that's one, and then a damp heat might be like a tropical fungal infection um, as another damp heat environment. So dampness often requires water or wetness, and that's either from environmental factors, uh, it's either through diet factors or uh, fluid metabolism factors if we're not like drinking enough and then 
urinating or not going to the bowels regularly will require more dampness. You mentioned a few things there, but what are some common symptoms of dampness within the body? Yes, so dampness always makes us feel heavy. Uh, it can make us feel heavy in the head or a bit of brain fog. A common sign they say is like your towel, like a wet towel being wrapped around your head. Um, so that's dampness like in the upper jaw or in the head. Uh, dampness can give you the wrong kind of fermentation or digestion process. So if there's foreign microbes in your microbiome, um, the dampness, which is those microbes, will cause you to either get excessive burping, bloating, or flatulence, um, and might even give you smelly or sticky stools, um, or even loose bowel movements. So dampness uh, can manifest in many different ways, and it's always similar to do with moisture content and uh, microorganisms. Are there certain organs that can be affected by dampness more than others? Uh, more prone to dampness is the digestive tract, like the stomach and spleen. Um, they're the first area where dampness normally happens, and then it's normally followed by the lungs, and they say the lungs are the container of phlegm and damp. Um, so anything you don't digest or process in your body will be then sent into your lungs to be coughed up, and you'll notice this if you have maybe too much dairy or something that you don't, uh, digest that well. In the morning you might have a bit of like a blocked nose or you might be coughing up something and if that's something that's chronic for you then you definitely have dampness in your system. You touched on a few things to do with diet there such as dairy but how does diet contribute towards dampness? Yes so in Chinese medicine we have many foods that need to keep our digestion functioning at its optimal state. So it's like we're creating an environment within our digestive tract. And if you were to put too much of one thing in, you change out the environment and it will encourage uh, different chemical reactions to happen. So if you have too much sugars, it's easier, sugars and alcohol, it's easier for like candida or other bacteria that uh, thrive on sugars to begin to grow and then extend into a different part of the digestive tract. But this dampness will be from caused from like sweet food uh, and greasy and dense food. So if you have too many greasy and dense foods like fats and you don't have enough bile to break them down, they won't become digested and they will then cause uh, environmental imbalance in your digestive tract, which will lead to uh, more dampness forming. Which emotions contribute towards dampness? Dampness, uh, generally worry will cause a lot of dampness because when you worry, uh, it tightens the solar plexus area, the psoas, um, and the upper abdomen. And we say in Chinese medicine that this stagnates the, the qi or knots the qi. And what happens is the digestive organs aren't releasing their gastric juices or the enzymes are functioning properly. So all that food doesn't break down properly. And then when it goes into the lower part of the digestive tract, it's going to be causing irritation and it's not going to be ready to be processed from the body. And it's going to create uh, microorganisms where you don't want them. And it's going to create inflammation and mucus where you don't need it. How can other lifestyle factors contribute towards dampness? 
for example, factors such as exercise and climate? So if you're not exercising uh, frequently, you're going to accumulate dampness, and this can be associated with the lymph. So the lymph doesn't circulate itself. You need to move your body to circulate your lymph, and the majority of your lymph and your immune system comes from your digestive uh, area. So by moving our body, we're moving the lymph, and you have to imagine that if a river is flowing and it begins to stop, it will the water will pull up and it will become stagnant, and that's often when it begins to become smelly and turbid, and that's the very quality of dampness that we don't want. So when we're exercising, we're keeping all those lymph rivers in our body flowing smoothly, we're clearing out any of those uh, organisms so they don't build up and create those stagnant pools, which is the dampness. So that's one really important reason why we should exercise to keep the dampness out of our systems uh, and keep the lymph. It's also going to strengthen our digestion by allowing us to absorb more sugars, um, and which we say is strengthening the spleen. And then it's very important that when we do exercise that we also are getting a bit of a sweat sometimes because we're actually releasing uh, the dampness uh, that's built up on the surface of our skin um, or just releasing toxins that can create more dampness in our system. So sweating is really important for clearing out dampness in your body. Earlier in the episode, you mentioned cold damp and damp heat. Can you please explain these variations of damp? So cold damp is normally going to influence the lower area of the body uh, and damp heat is usually going to influence the upper area of the body. However, it can still manifest uh, like a lot of the times damp heat will be in the urogenital tract or the reproductive tract in male or female. And this, uh, so it's not always the clue that where it's going to locate, but it does give you a general idea sometimes. But generally, if it's cold, it's going to be uh, generally white in colour. Um, it's going to be more cold in the area. It's going to be less inflamed. Well, if you're having a, a damp heat kind of condition, you'll be experiencing like itching, redness, maybe like pimples or pus or something like that. That's all signs of damp heat. So damp cold is normally feeling like clammy, maybe like a little bit white and smelly, while damp heat will be normally like red, inflamed, swollen, and then like painful. Um, cold can still be kept painful, but it's not having those extreme symptoms. If damp is not a part of your constitutional weakness, how may one acquire it? For example, aeroplanes, they are said to cause stagnation and dampness. Uh, yeah, so a lot of people might not have dampness as a constitution. However, yeah, if you're sitting on an aeroplane and you're not moving, um, as I said before, the lymph won't be flowing and if that becomes a regular part of your life, maybe that your lymph might be congested and that will show up as dampness in your body because it's always a two-way two street. The way your lymph is functioning uh, will affect your digestion and the other way around. Um, but a very big factor for dampness is environmental factors. So if you are in an environment that has mold or you're in a tropical area and there's all different funguses growing or you're swimming in waterways that may be polluted or not that fresh, um, those uh, environmental factors can penetrate through your skin or through your mouth and they can then harbour themselves and create those damp conditions. 
which normally uh, herbal formulas work great for. Mm, so interesting. Apart from things like herbal formulas and seeing a TCM doctor, which we always recommend, how can we reduce the amounts of dampness in our bodies? We can make sure that we're not eating anything too dense or too fatty. Um, definitely not processed foods that are highly refined and sweet um, and definitely not dairy. Um, dairy is always a big one that causes a lot of dampness, and especially the way it's processed these days. So you want to, if you do have a lot of dampness in your body, you want to keep your diet planned. You don't want to overeat, eating regularly and moving regularly. Um, you want to make sure you're getting a bit of a sweat now and then to clear it out. And yeah, always, always make sure that if you do have something serious that you do get help. Those are very helpful tips. Thank you, Lee. Before we move on to the next pathogenic factor, is there anything else you'd like to mention in regards to damp? No. <laughs> We've covered it all. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much again for joining us, Lee. We really appreciate it. Cool. Thank you. so much for listening to another episode of TCM Honoured by Your Tea. The views expressed on today's episode are those of the independent authors and commentators and do not constitute medical or pharmaceutical advice. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a review and subscribing. If you have any questions, you can reach us on Instagram at Your Tea or by emailing us at hello at your tea.com.